0: Live from Buffalo Wild Wings. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q.
1: And here we go, Raider Nation. Each and every Friday, we are at a Buffalo Wild Wings around the Las Vegas area. We are just kind of like on tour. And today, the tour continues. 6640 North Durango is the location, Centennial Hills. And we're with you for the next three hours, getting your weekend started off the right way again. Buffalo Wild Wings is the spot. We just had the prize man come by. I like to call him the prize man. Uh, Came by and gave us a lot of goodies. From Coors Light, we have hats, we have a cooler, there's, a, there's a, actually a onesie, there's T-shirts, there's all kind of good stuff. Plus, we have Raider Nation Radio 920 T-shirts as well. We have UNLV tickets, we have card show tickets, and we have Taylor Swift. No, I'm just kidding, we don't have Taylor Swift tickets. We have some tickets going down at the Venetian as well. I saw the Ticketmaster, and I thought it was going to be time for a funny joke. Not funny. All the Taylor Swift fans just got angry at me. But, no, we got a lot of hookup for you. So come on by and see us. As I mentioned, we'll be here till 5 o'clock. And uh, got a lot to get to on this football Friday. Excited for another opportunity to talk about the Raiders, uh, another opportunity to talk some Raider football, and also another opportunity to see the Silver and Black on the field on Sunday as they travel to Denver to take on the Denver Broncos. The Raiders are sitting there with two wins. The Broncos sitting there with three. So, obviously, neither one of the teams have had the season that they expected. Neither team has had the season that they wanted, but here it is. They still have eight games, or the Raiders still have eight games to play, and it begins on this uh, this Sunday against the Denver Broncos. 105 is the kickoff. Of course, you can hear that game right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Damon Cotton's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, and as mentioned, I'm here at Buffalo Wild Wing, Centennial Hills. Got a lot of good guests coming up on the show today. As a matter of fact, kicking off the opening drive will be Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com, good friend of the show. He's a guy that actually – put put a, a, a nice – well, he always puts out pieces on ESPN.com, and he had put out a piece in the summertime after the acquisition of Devontae Adams and uh, all the hype was around the Raiders and what they were going to be able to do this year. And his piece was like, yeah, those are some nice pieces, but – there's still some uh, skepticism he had around the silver and black. And remember having him on the show and a lot of people did not uh, like that. He didn't think that they were going to be as good. Now, I don't think he thought they were only going to win two two games, but he did think that, you know, the offensive line is still a struggle. Uh, There's the question marks of the secondary. The defense is still a struggle. So wanted to have Bill Barnwell on just to kind of revisit what his conversation was. But then he also put out another piece, so the timing is perfect. He put out a piece about kind of lucky and unlucky, and teams that are lucky right now this season and teams that are unlucky And it's funny because when it comes to the Raiders, and that was one of the teams that he listed, they actually were both. They were lucky and unlucky. So you're probably wondering, how in the hell does a two-win team be lucky and unlucky? Well, Bill Barnwell, he'll break it down at 2.15 when he joins the show. At 2.30, our good friend Cassie Soto, VegasNation.com, she's expected to join the show. She may be here. She may be on the phone lines. But Cassie Soto will definitely join the show coming up at 2.30 to talk all things silver and black. And uh, she's living in that – well, she's not living in the house because she has her own place. But – she uh, she has a family that is divided this week when it comes to the Raiders and the Broncos. Pops, aka Los, he is a big Raider fan, and uh, her mom is a big Bronco fan. So I can only imagine. I, I've I've said it so many times on this show and any other show that I've been on. I could only imagine what that is like during the week when you have to. You know you know that your significant other is a fan of the other team, <laughs> right? I don't know if I could get down like that. I don't need anybody else against me, man. I got enough uh, against me already. I don't need anyone in my own house against me. So I'm that guy that, hey, man, if you ain't with me, you against me, but you're somewhere else. So uh, I got to give them a lot of credit because they're able to uh, coexist when it's Raiders and Broncos week. But I uh, will ask her about that as well when Cassie joins the show. Coming up at 2.30, and there may be a Lowe's sighting as well. He might stop by here. A little birdie told me that he lives near, so he may have to stop in and get his weekend started off the right way. So uh, we always encourage everyone to come on by, say what's up, get hooked up. Just had some hats that were just handed to me. Coors Light Raiders hats. And, Damon, you, uh, you have one of the UNLV ones that is just like this uh, as you're sitting in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio right now. But I got some nice little Coors Light Raider hats here. Uh, what do we call these, little trucker-style hats? Is that what we're calling these, Damon?
0: Yeah, Trucker Snapback.
1: True. There you go. Demond's got the technical name, the Trucker Snapback. So we had a bunch of those we're giving out. We have a, a Raider jersey that was just sat next to me, got that hook up. All this, again, courtesy of Coors Light. My man Brian is setting up the table right now with all the prizes. And you know how I am. When it comes to prizes, I don't worry about, you know, raffles and signing up for this, that, and the other, man. Look, if you want something, come on by and get it. <laughs> right? I'm just going to give it out because if I don't give it out, then that means i got to take it home with me. And I'm not trying to take home anything besides what I'm trying to take home, which is my computer and my backpack, <laughs> something that escaped me when I was in L.A. for the Super Bowl. But that's a whole nother conversation. So come on by here, 6640 uh, North Durango is the spot. Buffalo Wild Wings will be here till at least 5 o'clock. So Bill Barnwell, 215, Cassie Soto at 230. Andrew Mason from 104.3, the fan up in Denver. He'll join us at 3.30. The injury report for Friday is out for both the Raiders and the Broncos, and I'll tell you right now, man, uh, I'm not going to use the phrase that I used last week that the Raiders had no business losing this game, uh, because last week the game was a home game, and there was a lot of different circumstances, but I'll tell you right now, man, the Denver Broncos are the absolute definition of the walking wounded. They are an absolute mash unit. They have like five guys that are officially out for the game on Sunday, and they have other guys that are questionable, but they have some some big-time names that are already out that have already been ruled out for this week's game, and that's just – that's that's I mean, that's massive. You're trying to win games, obviously, and uh, you have all these guys out. That's just – it's no good. So, I mean, I'm looking at guys with names. Andrew Beck, their fullback tight end, he's out. K.J. Hamler, wide receiver, he's out. Jerry Judy, ankle injury, he's out. Got uh, Kawan Williams, he's dealing with a wrist, elbow, and knee injury. He's out. And also Jonas Griffith, the inside linebacker, he is out for, uh, for Sunday for the Denver Broncos. So those are just the guys that you know aren't playing. But we'll get our final preview of the Denver Broncos at 3.30 when we talked to our guy, Andrew Mason, 104.3, the fan, uh, really good dude, and he's there at practice. And uh, they were out there practicing in the cold, man. He's, I, I saw a tweet from him that said it's about 24 degrees out there. And you know what my answer to that is? No, thank you. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, man, every single day it's been a, it's been a struggle even getting out of bed in the morning because it's been so cold lately around here. But I couldn't imagine 24 degrees and out there trying to get their practice on. But that's what the Denver Broncos are doing, and that's where the Raiders are headed. Right, I mean, we know there was a uh, the NFL game in Buffalo was moved to Detroit because of the crazy weather that they're having and all the snowstorm that they're having. But uh, and it's not going to be quite that bad in Denver. But man, twenty four degrees is no joke. So there is going to be a lot of snow there. There is going to be a lot of cold weather, and uh, you know they'll have to do what they do. They have to get out there on that field and and make it happen. So Andrew Mason one zero four three of the fan. He'll join us coming up at 3.30. Then at 4.30, Lee Sterling, ParamountSports.com. He joins us each and every Friday. He'll give you the betting lines. We'll talk a little college football. We'll talk a little NFL. He'll tell you where to lay your money, how to lay your money, how to win some money this weekend. So uh, Lee Sterling coming up at 4.30. So a lot of guests to get to on today's show and you. If you're around the area and you want to stop by Buffalo Wild Wings, come on by and not only get hooked up with some prizes, but if you got something to say, uh, when, when we get our other headset, which our other headset is on the way, uh, come on, by, jump on the headset and, 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 and give me a couple takes or something. You know whatever's on your mind, go ahead and uh, do that, do. you know tell me, tell me what you're thinking and tell me what you're feeling for the upcoming game Come Sunday. And of course, my man Cotton Cotton's always doing a fantastic job back in the friendly Cadillac Performance Studio. He's going to make a do on his end, and so we definitely appreciate him. For that, so we'll uh, we'll get into the opening drive when we have Bill Barnwell from ESPN.com join the show in just a few minutes. But I'll go ahead and I'll throw out the first uh, I'll throw out the first question uh, topic. I like to bring a topic to the show each and every day. Before we get into the opening drive, I'll throw out the topic for the for the day. Normally on Fridays, I ask about keys to victory. What do you think that the Raiders have to do to get the win? I want to tweak it. I want to kind of change it up a little bit, and I want to see what you are looking for in this game. And the reason I want to switch it up a little bit is because I don't think there's a game remaining on the Raiders' schedule that they can't win. I really don't think that there's been any games that they've lost, especially in this three-game losing streak that they're on, that they couldn't win. thing is that they didn't win. So I do believe that they could win this game against Denver. I think that they probably should win this game against Denver. But what does that mean? Woulda, shoulda, coulda, you got to go get it done. So they're on a five-game win streak when it comes to uh, playing the Denver Broncos. Josh Jacobs has done a really good job running against the Denver Broncos. I believe he's 5-0 and against Denver. So, again, the, the recipe is all there for the Raiders to win. So I'm not even going to get into what it's going to take for them to win. But I do want to know what you're specifically looking for. In this game, when you turn the game on, or when you're sitting there at the stadium, whatever the case may be, however, you take this game in on Sunday, what exactly are you looking for? Who are you looking for? Or a position group, maybe you're looking for them to step up and make some plays. And again, everything is evaluation, right? I, I hashtagged evaluation season following the Saints' loss. When they lost to New Orleans 24 nothing and didn't even pass uh, midfield until, well, late in the fourth quarter. I started calling it evaluation season. So, again, this is another example of evaluation season. So what are you going to be looking for this this Sunday against the Denver Broncos? We'd love to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, our text line is 69187, keyword R&R. And I'll go ahead and start things off, and then I'll pitch it to you, Damon, before we get Bill Barnwell on from ESPN.com. I'm really looking at, one, one of the storylines that I'm looking for is Josh Jacobs. I just want to see if he can continue to have a dominant performance against the Broncos because he's, he's been fantastic every time he takes the field. I mean, it's just for some reason they cannot stop him, which is fine with me, right? I mean, I, I, I love to see Josh Jacobs do what he does. I'm hoping that he has a fantastic season and he gets a big free agent contract regardless. If it's with the Raiders, great. If it's not, that's fine too. Whatever the case may be, I just hope that Josh Jacobs continues to have a monster season and it's, it's rewarded at the end. So I'm looking for Josh Jacobs to continue to have a dominant performance against the, against the Denver Broncos. And then the other thing I'm looking for is I'm looking at a couple of the young dudes. Right, We saw Sam Webb on Sunday look really good against the, against the Indianapolis Colts, and obviously it was in a loss, but he had an opportunity to go out there and perform, and he looked pretty good doing it. So I want to see him in particular, see if he's able to build on that and continue to build on that. And maybe the little some something maybe the Raiders have something, right? Maybe they're, uh, they're, they're saying, hey, you know what, this is a guy that we could build on in the future. He's the guy that's going to be a key cog to this team later on. I mean, think about this. Nate Hobbs was the guy that they found in the fifth round. Uh, you know, the previous staff found him in the fifth round, and we knew immediately that he was going to be a dude, and clearly he is. And he's a guy that's not going to come back this week, but it looks like and sounds like he's going to be back next week. And it also sounds like he's itching. To get back out there, like he's one of those guys that, and Josh McDaniels described him earlier today. That you know, if if he could, he would just say wrap wrap up the hand, and uh, you know, who cares if it's broken? He's gonna go out there and play like he did against Kansas City Week Five when he broke the hand. He went back out there and played. So it, it'll, that'll be nice to see Nate Hodges back. But Sam Webb is a guy, a young dude, undrafted free agent that I'm looking forward to seeing if he's you know able to build off that success that he had uh, uh, you know a week ago against the Indianapolis Colts, and then. The offensive line for the Broncos is really banged up. It is really banged up. And one of the storylines that we heard, Damon, leading into the you know, in the training camp after Chandler Jones was signed is he's got a history of being able to sack Russell Wilson. Like he's really good at getting to Russell Wilson. And he did a good job in week four against Denver at Allegiant. He did a good job. I mean the offensive line got called for a couple of holding penalties because he, you know, he was just in there and he was about to sack Russell Wilson, so they had to do whatever they had to do to hold on to him. So, uh, you know, he had a good game that game. So I'd like to see if Chandler Jones could kind of live up to the billing, against, at least against Russell Wilson and against a depleted offensive line. I'd like to see him get home a couple times on Sunday and, you know, not end up with uh, you know tie with Furrow with a half a sack on the season. But when you look at this game, man, what are you looking for on Sunday?
0: The simplest word to boil it down to one is execution. That's what I'm looking for when it comes to no drops on the offense. Obviously, the offensive line, no holding penalties, the defense making those tackles. Hey, if there's a fumble on the ground, recovering it. Just the simple things, that's really what I want to see the Raiders do well. Because like you said, evaluation season or just looking to see what the young guys could do. All that's good, but I still want to see these starters. I don't think that everyone should just say like, hey, like the young guys, obviously you want your shot. But still building up on those little things. Everyone talks about the system, the program, all of those things, getting it in place. I just want to see some proper execution.
1: Yeah, no, that's that's uh, spot on right there. Definitely want to see uh, proper execution and and a better understanding of what, you know, the team is supposed to do, what it's supposed to look like. Right. I mean, we know that uh, what we hear, at least that Josh McDaniels has this uh, complex scheme and Patrick Graham defensively. And it looks like at times guys are confused. And so want to see them eliminate a lot of that confusion. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. The execution. That is a big deal. Uh, that's definitely something to pay attention to and something to look forward to this game on Sunday. Again, it kicks off at 1.05. You can hear that game here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So keep those, uh, keep those texts coming right now, 69187, keyword r r let, let us know what you're looking for this Sunday when the Raiders are uh, in Denver taking on the Broncos. We got a text from the 408. What I want to see in this game is fight, energy, players playing for each other, and having fun. Hopefully a nice surprise of a young player stepping up as well. And, yeah, that, that energy and that fight, that's a big deal, right? I mean, there's so many times that we don't see it. And, look, we don't get to see the sidelines the whole game long. If we did, we wouldn't be watching the game. But there's so many times that I feel like I, I see the guys and they don't look like they're fired up. They don't seem like they're, you know, firing on all cylinders or they're clicking or, or like you said, having fun. Again, I mean, De- Devontae Adams said it in the locker room after the game on Sunday. He said, you know, Sunday is supposed to be the most fun day of the week, and right now we're not having fun. That, to me, is a problem. That, to me, is a situation, right? You've got to be able to have fun. If you're, not, if you're doing this and you're not having fun, there's something wrong, right? I say it about this job all the time, and, of course, radio guys and football players get paid in two different scales. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, they're going to have fun, cash and checks. But at the same time, man, it's more than, you know, it's, it's not always about money. I know for some people it is, but it's a lot of times it's about just going out and doing what you do for the love of the game, for having the ability to do what you can do. So uh, I think that that's a big deal, man, going out there and having fun and, uh, you know, just playing with that energy and playing with that fire, and uh, that that is a big deal. So that's a really good text. I definitely appreciate that coming from the 408. My man Danny just pro- provided another headset here, so we're good to go. Danny, make sure you get some food, man. Sit down, Have some food, brother. You know what I mean? Order some. Order on me, man. I got you. All right. So there you go. Uh, come on by here. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings. Centennial Hills is the location. Like, right now, let's jump into the opening drive.
2: The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever.
1: Joining us now on the phone lines from ESPN.com is our good friend Bill Barnwell. And, Bill, thanks so much for your time. We do appreciate you this afternoon. And, you know, early in the, in the summertime during training camp and the preseason, you had a piece out, and basically you were saying that, yeah, you know, the Raiders went out and made some moves, but you weren't 100% sold that they were going to have a lot of success. I don't even think when you wrote that piece you thought they were going to be 2-7, and seven, but you did, you know, point out some of the weaknesses, like the offensive line and the secondary. What are your thoughts right now as you see this team sitting there at 2-7? and seven?
3: Well, I mean, I wrote before the season that the Raiders were very lucky last year in close games and that wasn't going to keep up. Now, when I wrote that, I thought, well, they're going to be about 500 in those games. I did not think they would go over what feels like the entire season in those games this year. It's been kind of a flip. Like, it's gone from being a really lucky team to a really unlucky team. And I think if you're a Raiders fan, the bad news is this season's pretty much toast. The good news might be, well, they're better than their record is right now, so it's reasonably optimistic about uh, this team and their future. A little more so than maybe their two and seven record indicates.
1: Right, and that kind of leads me right into my next question because you wrote a piece, and when I reached out to you, it was before I even read the, the piece that you wrote about being mm-hmm. lucky and unlucky, and it was funny because you have all these teams that are either lucky or unlucky. The Raiders are a little bit of both, right? And so it's like, how are they 2-7 and seven and are a little bit of both? But, Bill, I mean, in your piece, they are. They, they Explain to us why they're a little bit of both, lucky and unlucky.
3: Yeah, so I'm trying to look for things that are sustainable, right? You know, obviously there are elements of the game that even though they matter a ton, that uh, you don't really hold up all that well over the course of an extended period of time. The close game stuff, are a good example. I think last year there were seven and two games decided by seven points or less. And history tells us that's just not something you can do year after year. So this year, of course, they're zero and six. Uh, that, that that's unlucky to me. Now, right. at the same time, uh, you think about their their fumble recovery rate. You know, once you forcing fumbles is a skill, holding on to the football is a skill. But I, if you guys watch any NFL game, you know, once that ball hits the ground, anything can happen. Uh, in terms of recovering it. And the Raiders are recovering football at the highest rate in the NFL, which is not something they can train for. As much as Shaka Daniels would love to practice and, and have that be a skill history tells us no matter how much you practice it, it's not. But the Raiders are still doing that. So even though it hasn't been enough for them to win football games, especially just those close games, and even though, of course, that fumble that led to the Cardinals' loss late in that game in overtime, um, they have recovered a lot of fumbles in their games. So that would be a little lucky. So it's always a balance. So every team has a little bit of luck, a little bit of, of not luck. But for the Raiders, it's sort of like there's more extremes on either side of the poles than there are for most teams.
1: Yeah, it seems like it goes one extreme or the other. Again, we're talking with Bill Barnwell right now from ESPN.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. And one thing I learned in your piece, and I wasn't even aware of, was going back to 2016 when they were a playoff team. They were eight and one in one score games, and then the following year, 2017, they end up going six and ten. So it feels like Bill, it's almost like a pattern. They have a really good year in one score games, and they win a whole lot, and then they go to the playoffs, similar to last year, and then the very next year, like you said, it kind of levels out because that's just something that's not sustainable
3: yeah I mean I got to admit I heard, I heard it from Raiders fans back then and it was correct and it <laughs> feels like it's going to be correct this year as well I mean it's just tough you know I think if you're a fan of a team you sort of see the formula and you think okay well they're special and Derek Carr's a good quarterback leading games like the stuff he showed leading games last year that's all meaningful it's all nice it's all skill it's not just blind luck but right the circumstances matter. Like Daniel Carson last year had more successful field goals in the fourth quarter to either take the lead or, or I think actually to take the lead or, or to break a tie than any kicker in NFL history. I mean, you're just not always in those positions. And stuff like the Cardinals game where it's just, you know, the Cardinals had hit a two-pointer to tie that game up. Maybe that doesn't happen last year. Maybe they don't lose the run for a fumble last year. Maybe it doesn't go to the house last year. You know, like they, there are these small margins that, that are the difference between winning and losing games where even if you're kind of an okay team in both cases. You know, it can go in such a different direction than, you know, like one week can lead to another, you can get down on yourself. I mean, th- there's plenty to like about this Raiders team, but there's also plenty of issues and teams have been able to exploit those issues in close games this year.
1: You know, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, about lucky, and then also, you know, it still takes a skill what they were able to do last year because I think a lot of Raider fans will hear the word luck and think, oh, they're just discrediting the team and just saying, oh, they Mm -hmm. just got lucky in the wins. But it wasn't that. It's just sometimes the ball bounces your way. Sometimes a guy misses a field goal. A lot of field goals are being missed this year, right, and keeping the Raiders in games. They just Mm -hmm. aren't capitalizing.
3: Of course it is. You know, it's like the classic boxing thing, right? You don't want to leave the fight to the judges. You want to right. blow somebody out. You want to beat them by 14 points. No matter how good you are, look at the Eagles last week. I mean, the Eagles are 8-0. and They're probably the best team in football. I don't know about you guys. I didn't tune into that game thinking, man, the commanders are going to beat them. <laughs> right. and the commanders played a great game. Don't, don't want to take anything away from them. They played the Eagles tough. But then the, the difference in that game is Dallas Goddard gets you know pulled down by his face mask and fumbles. The Commanders recover. Quest uh, Watkins running free for a touchdown um, falls over and he gets up he fumbles and the Commanders recover. Uh, you know th- those differences. Even though there's not you know the, the, the majority of the game wasn't that much different. You know because the game was close the game came down to the breaks and the Commanders caught most of the breaks in that game. Not all, but most. And so it's not a a thing where you're saying okay well they're a bad team and they're fought. It Doesn't work like that. It's just. NFL games are so close that they can come down to a play or two play or three plays. And, you know, you have to really be lucky to kind of win those those one or two plays that start an entire game each and every single week if you're going to play close games.
1: No doubt about it. Again, Bill Barnwell is our guest from ESPN.com here on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. My man DeMond's got one for you.
0: You've done a great job of explaining how they lose those close games, whether it be luck or just bad scenarios. But what have you seen actually from the Raiders on the field when it comes to the play that they've had?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you see inconsistency, right? You know, I mean, there are stretches where this offense looks just deadly, and again, it hasn't really been an offense where it's been as planned all year. I mean, Hunter Renfro has been been gone for chunks of the year. Darren Wallersville still he played this year. I don't remember the exact number. You guys probably have it, but it's like 40 snaps or 50 snaps they've played together. That big three all season, and I'm sure Josh McDaniels didn't plan it that way. But even given the case, I mean, Josh Jacobs is playing the best football of his career to me especially earlier in the season, and they can run the ball effectively for sure. Um, and we've seen, you know, the defense make plays at times, but it's just been, it's been tough to get a full 60-minute consistent effort on both sides of the football. And, and I think that's maybe not surprising. You know, I, I, it, it's less to me about the talent and more just about everyone being on the same page, everyone coalescing. And then I think you have those moments where stuff happens, and what might be a kind of a disappointing play becomes a big play. And I think about the classic example of that is the Matt Ryan scramble from, yeah. from last week, right? Where, yep. you know, maybe, maybe if you're unlucky, Matt Ryan runs for a first down, right? And you say, okay, well, nobody expected that. Matt Ryan runs for 39 yards, guys. I mean, that is like, <laughs> you, you have to be really sloppy for that to happen. And I think we're seeing too many sloppy moments from this team that kind of, uh, you know, overwhelm the more positive moments we see.
0: Another player that I want to ask you about specifically on that Raiders defense is Chandler Jones, a big signing in the offseason that's just underperformed. From what you've seen, do you think that Chandler Jones, or even going back to last year, we know he had the big game against the Titans, and that was half of his sack totals. Do you think the Raiders could have predicted maybe a bit of a drop-off in production when they signed him?
3: You know, it's a good question. Um, I I think there were some sort of measures that were suggesting that his, his performance was still... You know, had dropped off a little bit. I know ESPN has the pass rush win rate stat, and I think he had dropped off a little bit, but he was still like a top 25 guy. You know, I think I, I wasn't too slow with the move, but if you told me he was going to have a half sack uh, and six quarterback knockdowns by by the ninth game of the year, I would have been shocked. And, you know, I, I think sacks can kind of come and go. You know, I, I certainly think that I wouldn't want to rule out that he can be a useful player for them over the second half of the year into. 2023, he's going to be on this roster realistically one way or another, but no, I mean, I, I, I think you could have expected maybe something that was not his peak, but I think you would have expected more than what you've seen from him as a pass rusher so far this season.
1: Bill, final question for you. And, again, your piece that you put out about lucky and unlucky teams I thought was fantastic. But you mentioned the EPA for the Raiders. And I'm still learning all these different, you know, titles (laughs) and all these different phrases. So when it comes to the EPA, it looked like, from my point of view, that theirs was actually not too bad.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, so EPA just expected points added per play. Just, you know, sort of taking a, you know, if you're first and 10 on the 20-yard line, uh, you might expect to score two points in that drive because the average team scores two points in that situation. Uh, if you gained eight yards, second and two, well, you probably added two tenths of a point to your total because teams with a second and two on the 28 yard line, typically they score 2.2 points by, by the time that drive ends. So it's just kind of figuring out, okay, you know, given how far you are from the end zone, given the situation, these are how many points you should expect to score. And for the Raiders, Um, you know, they have been an offense that's been able to be effective on third and fourth down. You know, they're staying, even if the offense on first and second down isn't necessarily ahead of the chain or or staying ahead of schedule, you know, we're seeing Dante Adams make plays on third down. We're seeing Josh Jacobs make plays on third down. They've been a good offense in in, in some cases on fourth down. And I think that's been a positive for them. Uh, Just kind of have to see that stretch to what they do on first and second down as well.
1: There you go. Well, uh, Bill's learning me here. He's learning me, and I do appreciate (laughs) it. Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com. What else you got coming out uh, that we should be on the lookout for, Bill?
3: Oh, you know, I'm undebatable every Sunday night talking about the week's news with Dominic Foxworth and Pablo Toy, and then, man, I'll tell you what. I'd love to tell you I know what I'm writing about for (laughs) Sunday, but this season has been so crazy that even when I plan for stuff, it gets thrown out the window by 4 p.m. on Sunday. So just have to show up on ESPN, and I'll figure it out as soon as you guys do.
1: You know what? I do the same thing when it comes to these shows. I like to think I know what I'm going to talk Mm -hmm. about, then all of a sudden something happens, and a Mm 40-year-old quarterback, or however old Matt Ryan is, runs for 40 (laughs) yards, and then that changes the narrative on the next day. So, hey, Bill, thanks for your time. I really do appreciate you. Great stuff as always. We'll be talking to you soon. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Anytime. Have a good one. All right, there he goes. Fantastic stuff right there. Bill Barnwell, ESPN.com, does a great job, has a lot of good articles out there, and I remember specifically having him on the show during the summer, and he you know, was a little skeptical on some of the moves and said, yeah, you know, I like these, but you heard him say right there, I didn't think that they were going to be a great team, but I didn't think they were going to be 2-7, and seven, uh, as they are right now after 10 weeks and 9 games. Two twenty-seven is the time. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings. We're at Centennial Hills, 6,400. It is North Durango. Come on by, hang out with us. Uh, Cassie Soto, we're expecting her next either on the phone line or here in person we'll figure it out then it's Raider Nation Radio 920
2: that was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920 brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers home of the Chevy Silverado the strongest most advanced Silverado ever
0: you're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio
1: 6640 North Durango is the location. I'm at Buffalo Wild Wings. I want to make sure I give you the right address. I don't want to send you down the block. Q said he was here, but Buffalo Wild Wings is up the street. Uh, he gave you the wrong address. 6640 North Durango is the spot. Centennial Hills. Buffalo Wild Wings will be here until 5 o'clock. Cassie Soto, we're efforting her. She's going to join us on the phone lines. Uh, and that's cool because Danny brought the headset just to make sure that we had an extra one. Danny's like, it's cool with me. I got a free meal out of it. I'm good to go. This is what we call work. <laughs> so you want to get something free? We got all kind of free. We got tickets. We've got hats. We've got koozies, t-shirts, Coors Light t-shirts, Raider Nation Radio t-shirts, sweatshirts, all kind of good stuff for you. And we're going to be here, as I mentioned, until five o'clock at Buffalo Wild Wings, getting your weekend off the right way. Throughout the question on the text line at six nine one eight seven, keyword R and R. What are you looking for? Who are you looking for this week? You know, in Denver on Sunday when the Raiders take the field, a game that I believe that they should definitely win, but I've thought that they should win multiple games, and they haven't so far. So it's evaluation season. Not only do, you know, everyone want to see wins from Raider Nation, of course, wants to see wins, but also wants to see, you know, certain guys step up. DeMond mentioned he wanted to see, DeMond mentioned he wanted to see you know, better execution on both sides of the ball. Chandler Jones is a guy I wanted to see. Uh, Josh Jacobs is somebody that I want to see make sure that he's able to continue to have that dominance against the Denver Broncos. But what are you looking for? Hit us up at 69187, keyword r r Joining us now on the phone lines from VegasNation.com is our good friend Cassie Soto. And, Cassie, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you as always. In Uh, I know you don't live in the house. I know you have your own, but uh, the house is divided this week between moms and pops when it comes to the Raiders and Broncos. How's that been so far this week?
4: Um, I just sent the injury report uh, not too long ago. Let me see the uh, mom sent a bitmoji where she's, like, shocked looking at her phone, and dad sent just a bunch of Raiders skulls. So (laughs) the competition is definitely on. Um, I think my mom still owes a bet from the last Raiders game. My uncle flew in for, or drove in for the game, and she's supposed to do a jersey swap. Right. She's supposed to to wear a Raiders jersey, and I and I think till this day she hasn't lived up to it. So I think it's like double or nothing now. She might have to spend the rest of the year in a Raiders jersey if uh, if the Raiders get the win on Sunday.
1: Wait, didn't she have a bet where she had to wash a car as well? Was that last year? That, yeah,
4: that was last year. She did that one. She She had to wash it with a Broncos jersey.
1: Oh, wow. I think it's like
4: the rag, you have to use use your jersey as the wash rag. She did that one. Yeah, that's
1: that's even better. I mean, that's which one I would want. I would want that. Matter of fact, if she's not doing anything on Sunday and wants to wash a car, I got one for her. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying.
4: I'll I'll let her know. I'll let her know. Yeah, pass it
1: along. Pass it along. Be like, hey, Q said if you need to wash a car, I heard that you have a good car wash service. So there's that. I don't know.
4: you got that fancy car you'd be rolling up on in uh, Raiders headquarters. I don't know if you want her touching that. Thing.
1: you know what's funny about that i'm glad you brought that up cassie because now i'm gonna go ahead and put you out there you know so anyway i roll up to uh, raiders hq one day and cassie's outside taking pictures and and video of the al davis torch and she looks my direction and so as a friendly person that i am i wave like to say hello cassie double take like she thought i was somebody <laughs> cassie was like oh who's that in that car over there cassie it's cute <laughs>
4: Was, I was like, oh, it's just Q, whatever.
1: <laughs> cold game. That is cold game. <laughs> well, Unbelievable. Tell
4: what, kind of, tell what kind of car you drive. Go ahead and flex for a second.
1: No, I mean, it's an Escalade. But, I mean, anyone could drive an Escalade, right? Okay. but You like, just got to pay the bill. Out,
4: <laughs> murdered out, shiny, not a speck of dust. I'm like, oh, this is like one of the executive cars rolling in. Like, <laughs> am I about to get the scoop? Like, they're bringing in a new player. They're about to sign what? And I'm like, oh, it's Q. Whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't make any kind of sense at all. Cassie Soto is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. All right, Cassie, let's get down to business. The Raiders are 2-7 and seven on the season. Lots of questions on both sides of the ball, questions with coaches. We know all that. But as far as this game goes on Sunday, what are you looking for? Are you going to be Is certain players, certain positions? What will you be paying attention to the most on Sunday?
4: Yeah, I think I heard you say his name right before I came on, and I think it has to be another Josh Jacobs day. It has to be uh, another big day for him. I've been doing some. I was looking like I wanted to look specifically at his um, stats versus Denver, and he's six and zero. Obviously, they played the Denver seven times since he's been a member of the Raiders, um, but he missed. Was it the, it was the December game in twenty nineteen? Was it a shoulder injury?
2: Mm, okay, I think it was okay.
4: a shoulder. It was yeah. injured. He anyways. So he missed that game, but in games that Josh James has played versus the Broncos, he's six and zero. Um, and I have the stats here. He's had 130 carries, 612 yards, and nine touchdowns versus the Broncos in his career. We know he obviously went off uh, in Week Four this year, and that set him up for a cluster of good games. And so I think maybe this could be the game once again. It was kind of funny we brought it up in the in the locker room this week. Um, somebody asked Josh Jacobs about like what it is against Denver and he joked right away he's like man I don't know if it's their colors or I don't know what it is and you know he just he kind of laughed it off but yeah I think he expects himself to have another big game and I think it's definitely something that they're going to need from him I know it's their first cold weather game so there's all those stats out there how the team doesn't cold weather um, but I think Josh Jacobs has to be the go-to guy uh, for the Raiders this week.
1: No, I, I feel the same way, and yeah, it's crazy how he's so dominant. I remember asking him, and you were right there. I asked him right after the game in week four. I said, why, why do you always have big games? And he said, I guess it's because it's a rivalry game, but it's just yeah. certain certain players have uh, certain teams' numbers, and Josh Jacobs has that number when it comes to the Denver Broncos. So as far as, you know, like a young player, if there's is there a young player like like a Sam Webb? That's who I'm kind of looking at is a Sam Webb. He had a pretty decent game against the Colts, made a few plays. Mm-hmm. Is there any of the young guys that you think might get a little extra burn that you you paying attention to?
4: Yeah, Sam would a good one for sure. I mean, I just think they try to replicate, you know, any success that they had in that week four game. I think, you know, I talk about him just about every time I'm on here, but another, you know, picks or not a pick, pick a fumble recovery to the house for Amik Robertson would be, you know, not totally undoable. I don't think uh, right. unthinkable this week. Um, especially with how the Broncos offense is looking. So I'll go, you know, not a, a, a rookie kind of guy. Obviously, he's been there, you know, um, already the third year, second year. Where am uh, I? Oh,
1: really yes. Yeah. This? No, no. Yeah,
4: He's been here for a minute, mm-hmm. but again, not a guy that gets a lot of recognition, right? He's not a, a name that people go to right away. So I think, um, I'll, I'll put my, uh, vote in the hat for Meek Robertson, hopefully having another, um, big game in Denver.
1: Yeah, he's really started to have some breakout games this season where yeah. every, th- every other season was kind of, you know, slow and, and n- nothing real big coming from Amik. But this year it just seems like he's he's started to step up quite a bit. Again, we're talking with Cassie Soto from VegasNation.com here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So, uh, you know, you talked about being in the locker room earlier this week. And, you know, with the way that the season is going, the locker room could go one of two ways. It can get real quiet. It can get real dull. It can re- get... To be kind of uncomfortable, similar to what it was like after the game on Sunday where, you know, nobody really wanted to talk, you know, and and thank God you were there because you were able to get, you know, a little bit more from everyone than than anyone else was able to. But all week long, I've heard that it's been upbeat in the locker room. There's been, Mm -hmm. you know, music. They're having good times. They're doing everything that they're doing. How encouraging is that just to know that the team is, is in good spirits, even though they're sitting there at two and seven?
2: No,
4: for sure. It's definitely encouraging. And even on, what was the day they practiced inside? On Wednesday, for whatever reason, they had them practicing inside that day. Um, For the first time this season, and I asked, uh, you know, the colleagues around it, uh, Josh McDaniels led the huddle. You know, usually after they're stretching and stuff, they all kind of run. Everybody runs together right before they stretch for, you know, individual position group um, drill. It was Josh McDaniels in the middle, and that was the first time either that I had seen it or I noticed it. Um, but I asked her, I asked Heidi Fang, I asked Benny, I'm like, is that the first time that, that he's led the huddle? And they, you know, agreed with me. They said, well, I can't think of another time. So I think, you know, at this point in the season, like, we know Josh McDaniels is not going anywhere. Right. So at this point, like he needs to rally these guys behind him. And he's obviously said before, he's not going to, you know, pound the tables and, you know, start doing this, this, the X, Y, and Z. But I think leading the huddle and, you know, getting these guys around you. And again, that buying into that message, uh, that's something that I noticed this week. And uh, Josh uh, Jacobs, you know, he talked about, seeing Devontae Adams and Derek Carr obviously getting emotional this week he said well I don't think like I'm not gonna you know uh, break down in tears or anything like that but everything that uh, excuse me that Derek and Devontae said he said that he said the same thing in the locker room as well so that all the leaders of this group I know Josh Jacobs isn't a captain which at this point I wonder if people are scratching their head at that fact that he's not a captain of this team Um, they all kind of share the same sentiment that you know, we got to stick together and figure this thing out.
1: Talking right now with Cassie Soto here on Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. My man Demond Cotton who's back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He's got and he's got shoes on. He's got one for you.
0: Oh, good. Oh, that you're not in here with me. You do not know that. Um, you know, theater of the mind. But when it comes to this defense, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to this defense, they obviously they lost to the Colts last week and they were the worst scoring offense in the entire league. Besides a victory, what do you think would be considered a success for this defense going up against a struggling Broncos offense?
4: I mean, a turnover and a sack or two would be pretty, like, I think doable. Again, like, these are all things that are so doable for this team. They should have been doable versus the Colts again. Like, I was sitting there with UQ last last Friday. I'm like, man, they should win this game, but they could very well lose this game. And we know the result. Of that and I think they're kind of in the same boat here they have every opportunity to go up against, you know, they are going up against the league's worst scoring offense I think they're the worst on in red zone offense, they're second to last on third down Like the Raiders defense can get the Broncos offense off the field, they should be able to get them off the field and again I think it's just going to come back to the reason if a, if a loss does happen on Sunday, it's solely going to be the Raiders fault, it's going to be self-made mistakes. It's going to be on them. And I don't, you know, maybe a little bit of disrespect to the Broncos. I don't think it's going to be anything that the Broncos do anything extremely well that will prevent the Raiders from winning this game. It's all going to be self-inflicted
2: wounds.
1: I agree. I agree 100%. I, I don't think that Denver is a, a very good team. And I think that if the Raiders do lose, it's going to be just like you said. I think it's going to be because the Raiders blew it. They, you know, turned the ball over or they, you know, didn't jump on a fumble or they didn't convert in third and one or fourth. and one. Whatever the case may be, it's going to be self-inflicted, like you said. Mm-hmm. How about Chandler Jones? I want to ask you what your thoughts on him. When, when he was introduced to the media uh, way back in the summertime when he signed, one of the things that we talked about quite a bit with him was his success at getting Russell Wilson to the ground. Well, that didn't happen. In week four, he was actually looking pretty good, got close to Russell Wilson, but didn't actually sack him. What do you think yeah. with the depleted offensive line, what do you think he should be doing or what do you think he could be doing on Sunday?
4: Again, Q, since, since being there with you last Friday, I've made it a point this week to, to see where Chandler Jones is. And I saw him once on Wednesday. And as soon as the media was let in, he grabbed his little shower caddy and took off to the showers. And that was it. Yep. Like, that was all we saw him. As soon as media and anybody that could ask him some questions is in there, he's gone. Like, yep. he doesn't want to deal with us. And, you know, that, that self awareness is there, obviously. Um, is, it, is he the second leading, like, sack leader versus Wilson, I think?
1: Yes. He's either second or first. He might even be first. I can't remember. He's he's very, he's very high up there. He's had a ton of success against Russell.
4: Exactly. And so now, you know, looking at where both teams are now, like again, Chandler Jones has every opportunity to be stepping up, but again, it's self-inflicted. And I know Josh McDaniels was asked about it this week and, you know, he kind of skirted around the answer as a, as what's going on with Chandler. And he, you know, basically just said that he's kind of doing his own thing like it'll it'll come in clusters and all that you know coach talk that we usually get I just I don't know what it is and he's not around for us to really ask him. so I I just again more question marks as we're leading into nearing you know towards the, the back well we are in the back end of the season now
1: yeah, I mean, and he was out of there on Sunday following the Colts' loss. He was out of there real quick. As soon as we got into the locker room, he was gone. And then you mentioned that uh, when you got in there on Wednesday, he was out of there too. And that's that's been the M.O., and that's unfortunate, right? Yeah. I mean, at least we talked to Devontae. We talked to Duran We talked to Max. We talked to, you know, Amik. We talked to all these guys. They, they, they're they accountable, right? They, they know yes. the season's not going the way it is or should, but they're accountable. And so at least they, they make themselves available uh, to give us a few minutes. So there you go. Well, fantastic stuff as always. Cassie, what do you got working on for VegasNation.com? I know you got something in preparation for this game on Sunday.
4: Yeah, for sure. We have our uh, Vegas Nation game day preview, uh, preview coming up. It airs at 7 a.m., but you, can, you don't have to wake up at 7 a.m. It'll be there. Don't <laughs> worry. It'll be there all day leading up to the game, but it airs at 7 a.m. at VegasNation.com and Review Journal YouTube. You can catch it there as well.
1: There you go, and of course, Cassie is on Twitter, at underscore Cassie Soto, and Twitter's still alive, so you can check her out on Twitter, so uh, there it there is. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Cassie, there. we appreciate were you. Were
4: you. you scared? were you scared yesterday, Q? I know you don't have an Instagram.
1: No, I, I don't, and it's so funny because I, I knew that someone had created an Instagram account for me when I was uh, back in Texas at a hip-hop station, and so I went back and I found it, and I said, well, I guess this is what it's going to have to be, so I actually went and, and, and put it out there, like, all right, if this thing dies tonight, then I guess uh, Instagram is going to be the Move, but so I I think I gained like 700 followers last night, which is cool. But I've I've never share
0: some of that clout.
1: I've done nothing. I follow one person, and it's the old radio station that I used to work for, Hot 104.9. That's hilarious because I never set it up for myself. So hopefully, Twitter doesn't go away. I I refuse to believe that Elon Musk spent as much money as he did just to make something go away. But we've seen crazier things happen before. So there's that. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah, like the Raiders losing
1: to the Colts. Oh what? Woo, there it is. Uh the zinger right there. <laughs> would you what'd you call what'd you call Jeff Saturday after the game? Jeff Sunday?
4: Am I right? Jeff Sunday.
1: Yep. <laughs> there you go. She's Cassie Soto. She'll be here all day at underscore Cassie Soto on Twitter, <laughs> VegasNation.com. Cassie, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you.
4: Bye, fellas. Thank you.
1: All right, there she goes, Cassie Soto and all her comedy. Right there with us. You can find her at VegasNation.com, all her work. But uh, seriously, uh, Twitter is still around, and you can check out Twitter at underscore Cassie And I'm so glad it is because I was not going to get in the mood for uh, some Instagram where I got to take a bunch of pictures and all. I don't need all that, man. I don't. I don't, I got enough problems. I don't need those kind of problems either. I'm gonna send those problems to DeMond. 247 is the time. We're here at Buffalo Wild Wing, 6640 North Durango, Centennial Hills. We got plenty of prizes, but I'll tell you this the prizes are going quick, fast, and in a hurry. So if you want something, you better come on by here and get it. Don't be that guy that comes rolling in or that young lady that comes rolling in at 455 was like, man, where's the hats? Where's the tickets? Where's this? Man, they're gone. They are gone because they are flying out of here. So uh, you need to come on by, get hooked up right now. Again, 2:47 is the time. Of this is Radio Nation Radio,
0: 9:20. Now back to unnecessary roughness with your boy Q. Q.
1: Buffalo Wild Wings this is the location, 6640 North Durango. Come on by here. We got a lot of stuff, but I'm giving it out fast. I'm good. Go ahead, take yeah, take whatever you want. It's all good. <laughs> it's just like that. That's how we roll. That's how we roll. If you want it, you got it. I got tickets to UNLV hoops that's going out tonight. I got card show tickets. I got hats. I got koozies, fanny packs. I didn't even know they made a return. I didn't even know fanny packs was a thing again. Apparently, they are. It's a cool thing to have. I didn't know it. I didn't know it. When the wife said she wanted a fanny pack, I thought she was giving me a funny. I thought she was just telling a joke. Apparently, that's a cool thing. Okay. Juan the Smasher is going to come back. He's going to go pick up his daughter. He'll be back. Just want everyone to know. Well, yeah, go ahead. You got it. Whatever you want, man. <laughs> so that's how it is, man. Again, Buffalo Wild Wings, whatever you want, we got for you. We're giving these things out like it's hotcakes. They're just flying off the shelves. And uh, that's what we like to do. That's what we want to do here at Buffalo Wild Wings. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. The text line is 69187, keyword R&R. What are you looking for in this game on Sunday is what we want to know. Raider Frisch and Berkeley, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother?
2: Hey, top of the day to yes, everybody, including Raider Nation. Uh, before I get off into what I want to get off into, I noticed you guys are twittering and uh, twigging <laughs> and all that stuff about the <laughs> DOC. And, oh, yeah. uh, hey, anytime you want to talk some, some old school West Coast rapid hip-hop, I might be one of your dudes. So I just want to put that out there, baby. Now, uh, one key for each side of the situation. Special teams. Man, I've been I just want to see a score. I don't care if you block a punt, uh, return a kick, uh, recover a fumble. Do something on special teams. Special teams. Now, offense, uh, like I called earlier, we're going to run that rock, man. Just run the ball. Run, Mm -hmm. run, run, and boom, over the top. They're going to kill him off. But the last piece, defense. God, dog. Hey, over the course of uh, this season, I've seen us pull off some plays. and like, wow. And then I look on the sideline and it's like, oh, okay, that was cool. What time's dinner? What the heck is that? Attitude dictates latitude and altitude. What I want to see, and I hate to say it, but I don't care. I want to see an over-exaggeration of energy. When you make a great play on defense, you know that energy feeds off one another, man. I want to see get fired up, wired up, and I'm damn sure not tired enough. That's what I want to see defensive attitude. You know what? Show up, show out. Just holler. Win, baby, when you go out. Raiders
1: there he goes man i need to bottle up some raider fish and berkeley energy man i'm telling you i need to bottle that up and sell it many many years ago there was this energy drink that was just coming out people didn't know if it was going to be a seller or not it was called red bull and it came out it was 99 cents a can now it's about five dollars a can that's what i'm seeing raider fish and berkeley you need to bottle that energy you need to put it in the can start it off at 99 cents and then boom few years later, maybe $20, it will be $5 a can like Red Bull is now. I love it, man. Raider Fish, great stuff as always. And, yeah, I would love to see exactly what we're talking about, some of that energy. I'd love to see some of that defensive energy, some of that defensive attitude. Would love to see that, man. That's that's what they've got to have. Some of that, and I hate this word, but swagger. Have a little bit of that swagger. Like, you know you're the baddest dude on the field. I haven't seen any of that. I see it from Max Crosby because, well, Max Crosby is the baddest dude on the field. When he makes a play, what does he do? He'll, he'll, he'll put his arms out. He'll do the little condor. He'll, sometimes he'll flap his wings. I mean, he'll do something, but he'll have, that, he'll have that attitude where it's almost like you know that this dude is letting you know he's the baddest dude on the field. Uh, no problem. Appreciate you. That's what has to happen moving forward, man. They've got to have some other guys out there with that swagger and that intensity and that, that yes, This is what we're going to do, and we're going to take what we want. What Al Davis used to say is not about what the defense is going to give us, but what we want to take. That's what it has to be offensively and defensively. You know, Chandler Jones needs to go in there with that swagger and just take that left tackle's lunch money. Whoever whoever is trying to block him, he's got to let it be known that, you know what, I'm the baddest dude out here. You cannot stop me. That's what I want to see. I'm not saying that we're going to see that, but that's what I want to see. I would love to see that from one Chandler Jones. But uh, Raider Fish, I I appreciate that call, man, and – uh, just have some of that energy and excitement defensively would go a long way. 2.56 is the time. When we come back, head coach Josh McDaniels, he met with the media a little earlier today talking all things Denver Broncos. We'll get a little few sound bites from him,
2: plus more of your calls and text. We're at Buffalo Wild Wings, 6640 North Durango with Radio Nation Radio 920.